Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Gary Roman's Firearm Service Center. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.N. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions. And SMI Marine, getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville, 1-800-444-8484 outside of the metro, and pound 840 for Verizon wireless callers. Now, sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western Stars. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a buck. Run a trot line and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Good evening, everybody. Jim Strader here in the studio. Delighted to be with you again this evening. As we roll through this month of December, a lot of things changing very rapidly on the hunting scene because seasons uh, are overlapped or now not so overlapping, which is a great thing to enjoy, actually. we uh, Today is the last day of Kentucky's muzzleloader season, and uh, Indiana is still open a bit, but the big change up that was fun for me is I'm getting a chance to do some small game hunting. I'm sure a lot of you traditionally thrust yourselves, if you will, into the small game season, seasons, I should say, uh, as we roll past deer season. By the time folks are out of the deer woods, it's time to let the beagles run and the bird dogs roam and put the squirrel dogs on the ground. Those of you who Enjoy hunting with dogs. I know probably are like me. It's it's difficult to feel good about putting your dog down on the ground or dogs on the ground when there's folks deer hunting. You don't want to interfere with their hunt, and you also don't want to lose your dog if you get my drift. So um, I'm looking forward to really spending a lot of time in the field moving towards and through the holidays. Did have several opportunities this uh, past 
couple of weeks to get out. Had a great rabbit hunt down in Webster County last week uh, with my buddies Bud Crafton and Bob Glasgow. They've got a real nice pack of beagles, and Corey Storch and I took the opportunity to shoot down there and hunt a property that uh, wasn't allowing any muzzleload hunting. They'd already killed out, so they were done hunting for the year, and we piled in there and had some really nice long chases, got to watch the puppies. Uh, he's got a pair of two-year-olds that are really fireballs. They learned a lot last year. They were fun to watch develop, and one of them in particular has turned into a fantastic jump dog, which those of you who hunt with beagles know that the younger dogs don't generally have the knowledge or desire to roust rabbits out of cover or seek the places where they are just from lack of experience. And it's usually the older dogs that make the best jump dogs. But this one pup in particular, man, she's rooting and scooting under everything she can find looking for a rabbit all the time. And it's a lot of fun to watch. and puts a lot of, a lot of game in your pouch. Also, uh, got my squirrel dog out twice. Had some real nice hunts, again, on properties where they were uh, done deer hunting, and I was able to slide in there, and they were very active one day, not so much another, real active again another day. So I've had three different opportunities. The one day was windy and cold, and the little dog treed eight, but only one uh, did not run into a den tree. So... It was still fun to get her out, and on the other days, they held good. And I do want to mention, for those of you who want to enjoy some fantastic winter squirrel hunting with or without a dog, the annual period when squirrels rut or breed, uh, much like the deer do, is upon us. It just started to show little glimmers of activity here uh, the first part of this week, the intensity has increased tremendously, and I'm sure those of you who were out muzzleload hunting this week noticed that there was a whole lot of squirrels rambling and chasing each other and starting to to get headlong into their breeding cycle, and it's a time when they're out of the dens and very, very active at various times of day. Of course, the two best times are uh, – Early to mid morning, a lot of times they'll come out at daylight, uh, ramble around a little bit, go back in the den. But as it starts to warm up, especially on frosty days, as the frost starts to to burn off, that's when they'll get real active till about noon, and then in the afternoons from about two o'clock till five five thirty or times when they're very very active. So if you've got a youngster that you'd like to get into the sport or see what that's like, this is a great time of year to do it. A lot of folks that I know return to deer stands to do this and shoot the squirrels with twenty two rifle out of the stand because they're popping in and out all day. Uh, shotgun obviously disturbs the area, so with a shotgun you got to move a little bit to get the job done. But uh, it's a great time of year to participate in that and a lot of fun. Uh, I do, I guess, want to start the show talking a little bit about the deer harvest re- results to date. That is, as of today, and uh, I'll do a little comparison with the past years, but it looks like we're enjoying a very good harvest in Kentucky. Uh, we're showing 139,000 
875 deer telechecked right now. Uh, that's opposed to 130,026 in 2017 and 49,450 2018, we still continue to be heavier buck to doe. We've got 55% bucks in the harvest and 45% does. Um, we were hoping that those additional deer tag opportunities, which were given, would increase the number of does significantly, and we're going to see where this ends up. But it appears the trend is about on track because – we were at uh, 44.9% those in 2017 and 434 in 2016. So uh, it's a notch higher than the previous two years and in the counties where we need to take those. Uh, looks like folks are participating, and we'll get the final numbers, obviously, after the season's over. But things are rocking on. To break it down, we've got uh, – 76,951 bucks so far, 62,924 does, again, for a total of 139,875. Male visible out of the 76,951 is 69,340. And male not visible, that would be button bucks, of course, was 7,603. Which um, is higher than we'd like to see it. I'll just put it that way. Um, hate to see those button bucks taken. It's much better to shoot a doe than it is to take a young buck like that that's got a lot of opportunity for growth and what have you. But it's part of the deal. The main thing that I'd like to impart there or pass along to folks who uh, don't realize it. If you see a young deer that's by itself during uh, late fall period, late October into November, throughout gun season into late muzzleload, all the way through, if it's by itself, there's a real good chance it's a button buck uh, that the doe has kicked off and excluded from her family group. And uh, you got to really look to see those buttons, but if it's by itself, and it's rambling around by itself, chances are very, very good it's a button buck, and you need to put that in your considerations. They're legal to take, but it's not exactly what I think we need to be promoting or doing in general. Um, again, let's return to archery kill. It's 15,114. Last year, archery was 19,144. And again, we've got good bit of archery season left. It runs up into January period there. And in 2016, archery was 19,571. So it's a pretty big disparity there. Uh, firearm kill overall was 108,694 this year. 
and firearm last year was 99,880. 2016, 104, 229. Again, 2016 and 2018 are pretty well running parallel within a couple of hundred deer. Crossbow kill for this year, 3,800 at this point in time. Again, season in front of us yet. Last year, the total was 4,553, 4,552. And in 2016, it was 39.89. So we've got a ways to go, and we'll see where all that rolls out as we move forward. we got to go to break here. We're doing open lines tonight, folks. I want to talk to you about what you saw in the deer woods. If you saw a lot of deer, if you saw a few deer, what your assessment was of the entire season, if you hunted with multiple weapons, I'm especially interested in hearing about that. I predicted a couple weeks ago that we would have a pretty good flurry of secondary rut activity for the muzzleloader season. Indeed, we did in many of the counties and in talking to folks. There was scrape activity. There was chase activity. There was a lot of things that, you know, indicated a secondary rut. So I'd like to know if you saw that. And if you're a rabbit hunter, Small game hunter of any stripe, squirrel, rabbit, quail, whatever the case may be, grouse. Like to hear from you about those critters as well. So the numbers as usual, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by Paul Thomas at Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. He has vacation cabins, wildlife management properties, and farms for sale. And he'll be glad to sell yours as well. Check them out, M-O-P-H-A-R-T, Realty.com. Welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. We're doing open lines tonight. We'd like to talk about what you would like to talk about, which is always a treat for me because it enables me to see what's on your mind, what you want to know, and I'll help you any way I can to answer your questions. To do so, call us at 571-8484. Or one eight hundred four 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 eighty four eighty four. I was uh, talking there before the break about the small game seasons and and uh, my excitement about getting out and participating in them. And I do want to pass along several observations that I think are pertinent to those of you who hunt rabbits and squirrels and quail and what have you. Uh, rabbits in particular seem to have had a Really good reproductive effort, um, which, quite frankly, was a bit of a surprise to me with the amount of rain that we had uh, all throughout spring and then through the summer. But they seem to have come through that in fine fashion. And in areas where coyotes are not a big problem or, and where you have good hard cover, there seem to be a lot of rabbits. I'm getting good reports from western, uh, central, and in places, eastern Kentucky, about the rabbit number. Squirrels are pretty parallel. Uh, we had a great acorn crop in many areas uh, this year, and I was surprised, really, with the number of young gray squirrels that are still out and about. I mean, it's a tremendous number of young grays, percentage-wise, uh, running around in the woods. And by young, I'm talking about half-grown to three-quarter-grown squirrels, so... That's been real, real good. Quail in places 
that are few and far between, quite frankly, but in places where they do have the proper cover and food, uh, especially, for example, areas where there's warm season grass plots and or food availabilities and other hard cover farm, had a pretty decent reproductive effort, and uh, there's enough of them to obviously hunt sparingly. You don't want to shoot a covey down much less than six or eight birds uh, so that they're able to covey and stay warm through the real harsh weather that's undoubtedly coming our way. So um, we'll talk about that. Let's go to, uh, let's see, Mark, who's got a question or comment about wildlife. Yes, Mark. Jim? Yes, sir. Yeah, did I lose you? Well, you were breaking up pretty bad, but I got you now. Go ahead. Great. I'm just now leaving deer camp for the season. So uh, we didn't have a successful muzzle, late muzzleloader, but it's been a decent season over year, overall. Uh, it was a different season, but I have three does in the freezer, and I was fortunate enough this year to get a bear with my bow. Oh, man, fantastic. What, uh, that was a, <laughs> yeah, that's really neat. It was, it was a great hunt uh, up in eastern Kentucky. How did it go? Can you, relate, how, can you uh, relate how it went? Uh, well, it rained uh, the whole day. It was just a one-day season, basically, because they met quota. But I killed a sow. She was about 180 pounds. It was like a 20-yard shot. And it was just fantastic. It's great that we have that available to us in Kentucky now. Yeah, yeah, I'd say, I'd say it is. Well, that's really neat. Yeah. What what uh, county or counties were you hunting deer in? Do you mind saying? Uh, I'm just now in Washington County. Okay. Uh, but I hunted I hunted in Anderson this year, Washington County, and also Green County. All right. What were your overall observations? Uh, bucks were down this year at all locations that we stopped. The, the toes were there. We those early on, hoping, you know, the bucks would during the rut. Uh, so a lot of small bucks. Don't this year. Okay. Uh, Mark, you're breaking up real bad. I guess you're in a bad cell zone. Uh, if you care to, call us back after the break. Maybe we can get you back back on here, and we'll discuss that. Okay. All right, sir. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, sorry about the bad signal there, but that happens, as we all know. Um, several folks have, have made similar comments to me about seeing a lot of young bucks this time, if I was hearing him correctly, uh, as opposed to, the more mature adult bucks. We had excellent antler growth, but a lot of folks commented that they just didn't see as many, you know, quality deer on average as they've seen in some years past. And I'm not really sure what to to point to on that. A lot of it could be hunting pressure, obviously. Um, it wasn't the weather because we had excellent weather uh, in different portions of the season, especially opening weekend. It was cold and crisp and what you really want for a good uh, hunt. So that was something that's really not in the equation. But as we went through the season, we did lose a lot of days to rain and wind. 
which was a bit of an impediment. I never saw a buck that I wanted to take. I saw a lot of nice deer, but I didn't see one that I wanted to put a tag on. And my criteria is if I'm not going to mount it, I'm not going to shoot it. So we'll uh, we'll enjoy calls from others of you who have your observations about that. Call us at 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine. They're on Westport Road, and they've got deals on their electronics and trolling motors and dealer invoice on StarCraft pontoons, express, and used boats. And they'll be at the Sport Boat and Vacation Show January 23rd through the 27th, which is not that far away. Remember, you never get soaked at SMI Marine. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors, and we're doing open lines tonight. We'd like to talk about what you have on your mind about the outdoors, conservation, wildlife uh, movements, or anything of that nature. The numbers 571 8484 1 800 444 8484. Let's go now to Mark, who's calling in from Louisville. Yes, Mark. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Well, hey, Mark Nethery, how are you? <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm good. You know, it was great to hear you open the show up talking about small game hunting. And, and the reason I'm calling, I'm sure you remember about a week ago, you and I got to hit the field behind my dogs. And you brought a young fellow along, which was the whole reason for the hunt. And uh, you've talked about him already, Corey. Uh-huh. And it was his first it, it was his first time quail hunting. And even better than that, it was his first time behind pointing dogs. And uh as you know, and I'll let you talk about it more, but we had a great day. We, we we got plenty of birds. But you called me the other night to share a story about uh, a mutual acquaintance uh, of ours and uh, 84 years old, and he's a shut-in now and can't get out and enjoy the outdoors. And you went on to share a story with me about fixing some of those quails for him and just how much he relished in, in, in having those quails for a, a fine meal. You know, that kind of brings it all full circle if you think about it. Well, it really generation. Go ahead. I was just going to say it really does. And and, uh, hats off to you. You know, Corey got kind of spoiled seeing two Cracker Jack pointers like you've got uh, work birds like that. They were really, I'll call it on point, which is (laughs) not a tongue in cheek, but they were were really fun to watch. And and, uh, he'd never experienced that. He's. You know, I took him in as on a mentor situation years ago, and we've done everything from turkeys to deer to, you know, just about the whole gamut. And uh, he'd never hunted quail. When you offered me uh, the opportunity to come out, I, as you know, said, well, I've got a youngster I'd like to bring. And, and uh, so that was great. But as you mentioned, what brought it full circle, Charlie Capshaw, who, again, is a mutual friend of all of ours, and was a big quail hunter in his day. He's a former president of the uh, Jefferson County Sportsman's Club. He's very, very active in the League of Kentucky Sportsmen many, many years ago and a long-time hunting and fishing partner of mine. And he's now in his mid-80s and not able to get out. And I called him up and I said, Charlie, uh, Mark Nethery had us out for a quail hunt. Corey and I have got the birds. How long has it been since you ate a quail? He sat there, and he thought, he said, my gosh, it's probably been 30 or 40 years. I said, well, we're going to fix that. So 
I took the birds over there and cooked a big quail supper. I basically just uh, lightly fried them and made milk gravy and uh, potatoes and green beans and put the uh, birds out on on the gravy and and we had a fine supper. I mean to tell you that seeing him enjoy that and that whole circle of activity and kinship and getting to watch. I, it's been a long time since I've been behind a bird dog, Mark. Uh, you know, I was a big bird dog guy for years, but when quail went into decline and my legs aren't as good as they used to be for hunting grouse, I switched to spaniels and uh, for my dove hunting and rabbit hunting and then, of course, uh, transitioned into my little squirrel dog now. But uh, that was a great opportunity, and I'm deeply indebted to you for providing that because of how far it spread. <laughs> Well, you know, I, what what most people today don't realize and don't think about is is when you started hunting, and I hate to admit it, but I'm old enough to say it. When I started hunting, all we had was small game, and that's what everybody cut their teeth on. You went squirrel hunting or you went rabbit hunting, and it was always a big tradition in our family. It was a uh, uh, a morning rabbit hunt on Thanksgiving Day, and and uh, then you came back and had your big Thanksgiving meal, but uh, folks today, they take it for granted as a result of turning on the TV. There's a turkey behind every bush, and there's a deer behind every tree. And a recent report I just read read this morning that upland hunting is probably the sportsman's greatest chance of bringing people back into the back into the fields new recruiting new hunters it's not big game it's it's upland hunting that's your rabbit your quail and and all your other species out there and uh you know to have Corey come out and, and experience that for the first time that really gives me a kick i love doing that for people uh we actually have hosted for the past couple of years at, at my place a, a youth quail hunt and then uh uh Again, then to hear Charlie his enjoyment on that, you know that's that's at least three generations in there, uh, making it full circle on that. And I would encourage uh, as many people as possible. If you don't upland hunt, find someone that you can go with, help you teach the ropes. It's not practical for everybody to have a a beagle or a pointer or a spaniel, but uh, there's plenty of folks out there that have them, and there's and they'd love to take you and, and let you see how their dogs work. But even better than that, it's absolutely the most social side of, of hunting that you can ever uh, experience. Corey even made that comment. He goes, wow, I really like this. He said, you know, this is like, like squirrel hunting. You get to talk and you can enjoy yourself and learn about things and look at things. It's not like sitting in a in a tree stand, you know, deer hunting. Yep. So uh, we're all quick to forget that. And uh, as I get older, I can tell you, I don't relish getting up on those early 4 o'clock mornings to go hit the deer stand quite as much as I used to. I still do, though, but I sure do love watching my dogs go on point. And, and uh, even better yet, I love seeing that bird flush and come up as well, too. But to see the smile on Corey's face the first time he he hit a bird, and I can only imagine the, the look on Charlie's face as he took that first bite of quail. Oh, it, so that was that was great. So It was full circle for but, sure. Uh, I just wanted to hopefully impart upon anybody that's listening tonight to keep that in mind. And it's always great. People talk about deer camp and 
the fun they have there, and there's a lot of traditions there. But maybe think about throwing a little little rabbit hunting in there, or maybe a little try a little quail hunting if you can, and start making that a tradition as well. And invite as many young folks along as you possibly can, and get them in into the field too. Amen on that. That that small game possibility is the perfect place to mentor a child. It really is. Well, Mark, I'm indebted to you for the hunt, and we spread it around a good bit, and that's a good thing. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, well, I'm going to let you go, and, and you have you have a good evening. All right. Thank you, sir. Let's go to Mary Wilson, who's been on hold, calling from Spencer County. Yes, Mary. Hi, Jim. I enjoy listening to your show. I just had a quick question for you about who uh, the commissioner process of hiring a new commissioner for the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife. And uh, I've been following a little bit because I'm interested. I love to fish. And um, I know they did interviews in November, and I just hadn't heard anything. So I was wondering if you might have had some, some insights. There's, there's no determination yet. There have, as you mentioned, been interviewing, and there's several names that are still being mentioned or, or that are under consideration. And I don't have anything further really to – to share with you right now, but I'm watching the process as you are, and we'll see uh, how that pans out as we go forward. Well, okay, I appreciate that. I'll keep listening to you, and hopefully we'll hear something soon. Okay, Mary, thank you for calling. Let's go to Jacob Smith, who's calling from Shelbyville. Hey, Jacob. Hi, Mr. Schrader. I'm a big fan, and uh, 13 years old, and I brooded in Shelby County, and I just wanted to tell you, I killed the deer with my gun but i didn't get one with my bow and i'm ready for deer season to be over so i can start rabbit hunting (laughs) well uh, you're a man after my own heart jacob uh how long again how old are you 13 13 years old okay that's a great age i started uh, hunting by myself when i was 12 I had hunted a good bit as a youngster, but was allowed to get out on my own by the time I was 12. And to Mark Nethery's point here a little while ago, we didn't have any deer when I was a youngster. We didn't have turkeys. Uh, you know, it was a whole different landscape. But I'm real excited for you that you're going to get to rabbit hunt. Do you all have beagles, or do you stomp the yeah, brush? Um, I, have a, I have a dog. I have one dog, and his name is Jack. And then I have another dog. Or my dad has two other dogs, and those are William Buck. They're what now? William Buck. Okay. Um, have you been doing a lot of rabbit hunting in the past? Oh yeah. Um, we. I got me a new gun this year, so it's a it's a single barrel uh, twenty gauge. Uh huh. So I'm gonna be hunting with that this year. Fantastic. What can you share with us about your deer hunt? Um Oh, I killed I killed a uh little four pointer. The reason why I killed it is because it was looking right at me and so I just started to giggle and so I shot it right in the face and paralyzed it. <laughs> well <laughs> I, I I do you enjoy eating deer? Yeah, my dad usually makes uh deer jerky. Uh huh. And so every time we go deer hunting, when he makes it, we eat that. I see. Well, that's great, Jacob. I appreciate you calling, and I am a fan of yours, young man. <laughs> Thank you. All right, buddy. Thank you so much for calling. Well, Thank I, you. 
I hope some more youngsters call in tonight. They're kind of my favorite for obvious reasons. It puts a smile on my face, that's for sure. Okay, folks, we got to go to break here. To reach us tonight, call us at 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties, Hart Realty. Paul Thomas is the broker there. He'll be glad to work with you on listing your properties, and he's got all kind of wildlife properties and farms for sale. M-O-P-H-A-R-T, Realty.com. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors Open Lines tonight. Allowing you to talk about what you'd like to talk about. If you've got a youngster that participated in any of the seasons so far, I'd dearly love to hear from him. Uh, Jacob, man, he's all over it. He's he's a rabbit hunting, deer hunting fool, and that's a good thing. That's uh, really special when those children are that fired up, and I'm delighted to hear he gets to hunt behind dogs. The numbers to call in are 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. I had mentioned in the opening part of the broadcast here, I'm very interested in hearing from you deer hunters now that the seasons, uh, with firearms at least, are winding down. Um, There's a little flurry there around Christmas time for the children and whatnot, but uh, just real curious what you saw out there. And it doesn't matter whether you were a, a uh, gun hunter or a bow hunter or a crossbow hunter, an archer, whatever you were or are, I'd love your observations because the season does last a long time and there's been a lot of opportunity to be out there. And, again, the overall observations I have heard if I went across the board, across the state, was West Kentucky a fairly early rut that was actually pretty much in play right before gun season. The rest of the state, the rut hit right about on top of the uh, modern firearm season. Um, Really nice mass and antler growth in the mature bucks. They were harvested. However, a lot of folks were a bit frustrated by the sightings that they had during the season of of mature bucks. And, again, I'm not sure exactly what that was about. In most cases, I'm certain it's from hunting pressure. They tend to go nocturnal pretty quickly once they realize that it's game on. I've said this for years and something I frequently repeat, and that is, they realize very quickly that they got a whole lot more to lose in that game than we do. So uh, it's survival of the fittest out there, and and when they see a lot of hustle and bustle, they certainly know how to sequester themselves in recesses where humans don't intrude much, and they obviously have the opportunity to feed and breed at night. So uh, that's something that can certainly enter into it. But uh, eastern Kentucky, many of the counties over there had big problems with the disease outbreak. The uh, disease was just really bad, EHD outbreak, that is. And and, uh, that's reflected in the harvest figures. And there was a lot of comments from the eastern part of the state about the extension of the season length 
given that they were really down on deer numbers. Um, I wasn't in favor of that. I, I, I didn't think it made much sense because in most of those counties, it's a buck harvest situation. And when you're low on bucks anyway because of disease outbreak, extending the season to give you more time to kill more bucks did not set well with me. And I'm sure that's not a surprise with most of you. Some of the counties over there, uh, really high buck ratios uh, that are indicative of, of that type of a harvest. And, and uh, well, Whitley County, for example, 85.8% buck kill. Wolf County, 68%. Um, well, I could go on and on. There, there's so many counties over there that reflect. Rockcastle County, 86%. Bucks and 419 bucks uh, taken in that county. Powell was 58%. So when you go across the board and look at those deer, and I, I haven't compared those figures yet, but I'll try to do that maybe on break and we'll talk a little bit about it. But at any rate, uh, would like to hear your comments about the season and how it went for you and what you saw out there. To that point, let's go to Lynn, who's calling from Oldham County. Yes, Lynn. Hey, good evening, Jim. I'm driving down the road on a car phone. Can you hear me okay? I can. Okay. Uh, First-time caller, long-time listener. I've been deer hunting for over 35 years now uh, in Alabama and Kentucky. I really enjoy Kentucky seasons. I enjoy the liberal hunting Man, that first Saturday in September all the way to Martin Luther King Day to bow hunt was just, it's just phenomenal. I love it. Uh, as far as the experience goes this year, Jim, this was my best year of deer hunting in Kentucky. Uh, very much visible rut. The first time in probably 15 years that I have seen real rut activity in terms of does being chased by my stand by bucks. I did kill a decent buck opening morning of Modern Gun, but prior to that, I'd seen a lot of deer movement. I missed two deer with my bow, which that's bow hunting. Uh, I've just bought a muzzle of uh, correction of crossbow, so I'm going to be using that next year, get that side of in. But uh, I just want to say that uh, where I was hunting, uh, the deer activity was really, really good. Uh, I know some guys were putting on uh, Facebook group posts they weren't seeing much activity, and they didn't see this and that. But uh, where I was sitting, it was really good. Like I say, the best chasing of does, visible rough, that I've seen really since I've lived here in Kentucky. Now, that's all I wanted to share. All right. Uh, Lynn, what counties did you hunt, did you mention? I've hunted in Oldham and Barron counties, and this year I saw more activity in Barron than I did Oldham. Okay. All right. Were the uh... – what would you rate the overall antler mass on the larger deer that you observed? Well, I only killed one larger buck. Uh, first one I saw, he was a 10-point, pretty decent mass. I mean, he had greater than a 12-inch inside spread. He wasn't a trophy deer by any means, but uh, usually I have great luck on the Monday after opening weekend when folks go back to work and I get some woods. But I'm glad I took this deer on opening day of Modern Gun because that following Monday I was hunting in Oldham County and he was sleeting, and I didn't see a single deer. Uh, so I did see several younger bucks. I have seen some bucks that had some pretty decent body with smaller antlers. 
Uh, I've seen some pretty decent does, but I would echo what some of your callers may have said earlier about seeing more young bucks. Uh, I only saw one real good mature buck, and that's the one I took. He was probably about a three and a half or four year old deer. I see. Well, that's a good deer, certainly. And, and uh, he field dressed. He field dressed 175 pounds, so I was tickled with it. Oh yeah, that's a very nice deer. Well, congratulations on your hunt. It sounds like you're above average in participation and observation, which is a great well, thing. And my job, my job allows me flexibility, so a lot of times I can go during the week when nobody's out there. But uh, thanks for all you do for conservation. I, I think the state made a good move by evening up the modern gun throughout the state. It was pretty confusing what zone you lived in, how long you could hunt. Or at least it was for me because I changed zones this year. But Lynn, I'm up. Uh, I'm up against break, partner. I appreciate you calling. Okay, thanks for taking my call. You bet. This break is presented by SMI Marine. Remember, you never get soaked at SMI. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.